What's up, everybody? It's Diadi84 Show live here from quarantine. Almost a year. Episode 166, as always, the Adam the Melt to the left of me. And uh, we're drinking some Trulies. Well, I'm drinking some Trulies because I'm a basic bitch. Uh, I'm having a Paps Extra. Ooh, I'd rather have that. What does that have? A little more alcohol in it? Yeah. How much was it? 6.5%? 7%? Yeah. So it's the equivalent to like the Bud um, Platinum, Bud Light Platinum kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that has a little bit more. Uh, I have a little bit of a kick to it. This sucks. I don't like it. I like the regular one better, but whatever. Were they on, were they, are they uh, the same price or are they more expensive? Yeah, they're pretty much – well, where I go with the same price because they keep forgetting to input it in the computer, so they just charge me the same oh, price for the regular Nice. One. Yeah, <laughs> I know you can get an 18-pack of uh, Paps, 12-ounce cans for like the same price. You get a 12-pack for Bud Light, which and I think it tastes a lot better than Bud Light, to be honest with you. So, yeah. I've been on a Budweiser kick lately. I don't know why. I went the last few uh, Fridays as I'm on my way home, I'll stop at the convenience store and I grab myself a six pack of Bud and a bottle of wine. I have a theory here. I have you seen now? Budweiser has a non-alcoholic beer. Mm, mm-hmm. Just came out, and Heineken recently came out with one too. Yes. I think I, I have a theory that the alcohol companies are now prepping for once the pandemic is over. And pe- so many more people are hooked on alcohol, and we yeah. want to help you. We want to help you get off it, you know, from all this solitude by drinking non-alcoholic beer. That is the push. It's actually a very interesting uh, perspective because when you think about it, why else come out with non-alcoholic beer? We've gone so long of just all duels yep. and uh, Beck's non-alcoholic for so many years. Yeah. Um, I remember non-alcoholic beer back in the day. My great-uncle Sonny used to drink it. And then my grandfather used to drink a little while when he was on medication for for something because he couldn't have alcohol. So he would, because he was in a rhythm of drinking. And I go, and I, I had a couple of duels and I'm like, it, like it doesn't, here's the thing. Beer doesn't taste exactly great. So, but if I'm, I'm going to drink it, at least I'm going to get something out of it. Right. So at least, you know, if I'm drinking a Budweiser, it's not the best taste of beer. It's all right. But uh, at least I know I can get fucked up, you know? But do you get why it's weird though? That like, why is it all of a sudden we're having all these non-alcoholic beers? Oh, it makes complete sense. I think your theory is probably correct. I think because now people are going to be like, you know, I want to, I want to go off the alcohol a little bit, you know. So let me just like ease off. So maybe I'll drink a Budweiser every oh, other alcoholic day. Alcoholic one, yeah. That's yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah, because if you say you buy a six pack of each, right, and you drink a Budweiser, and you drink a non-alcoholic Budweiser. You drink a Budweiser, you drink it. You kind of you ease yourself off the of the. And you're paying them more, so. That's what they're trying. I think that's their angle. Yeah. Budweiser survived during um, Prohibition because they decided they were going to uh, – they started making soda or something like that. There's an interesting history lesson about it because, I mean, there were so many – so as many breweries as there are now, there yeah. was like double the amount of breweries back before Prohibition because every, every town and village pretty much had their own brewery, kind of like – that's how Germany is. Every town has their own brewery. And then they have the, obviously the bigger ones, but like you go and drink your local beer because that's where it's made. Kind of like our little craft breweries we have nowadays. Yeah. But before Prohibition, that's how the United States was. There was thousands of breweries around the country. And what happens was when you said you can't make alcohol anymore, the smaller ones folded. The bigger ones like Anheuser-Busch, though, were like kind of the, the, you know, the, the big ass ones all around the country. They decided they were going to make like soda. I think they made like Bud, Budweiser soda for like two years but I did I did read something interesting that Budweiser was still making beer, um, and they were importing it to Canada 
because Canada had prohibition, obviously. You could still drink in Canada during that time. So they were making okay. beer, and they were able to get it up to Canada to sell. And obviously, they were making beer and going out the back door to, like, bootleggers as well. So there was, they had some kind of interesting business, but they were big enough they were able to hide it kind of thing. That's kind of cool, actually. That's really cool. When you figure, like, you got to survive, right? And only a handful, I think only three companies survived, like Bush, Miller, and, and Coors. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, think about when you were a kid, right? And you're like, you're, you're adults in your family at a cookout. They were only drinking basically those, maybe a Pabst Blue Ribbon every once in a while. But for the most part, it was Miller, Budweiser, Coors, right? Coors actually didn't get here until the 80s or 90s. That's right. Yeah. It took a while for that to come, be able to come over here. You know why? It wasn't something to do with how they was, it was something. Was it something to do with the transportation? Yeah. So they brew Coors cold and they keep it cold all the time. Yeah. So they, they didn't have an efficient way of getting it from Colorado because they only had one brewery. It was in Colorado. They didn't have an efficient way to get it east of the Mississippi. So if you got a, a, a thing of Coors east of the Mississippi, at, like in the 80s, it was like gold. And then they figured out a way to make it more efficient, I think by train cars or, or trucks and stuff like that, refrigerated to like to math. They didn't have a market. That's why. It's the kind of reason why like you can't get like, or for the longest time, you couldn't get England in Boston because there was no market for it because Sam Adams pretty much closed them out. So if there's no market, they're not going to put the money into, you know, getting the fucking bear up there. But I remember my uncles talking about stories when they got a, a case of cores that was like gold, you know? That was it with the England for here for a while too because you could bring it back from like Jersey, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. England, I used to get it. Uh, New York sold it. I used, used to, I bought a keg once in New York State for a potty and drove it across just to have it. But then you it's drink fun, it now. Huh? Then, we, then, we, then you can get it in Massachusetts now and it's like, yeah, whatever. It was yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> It's not as attractive anymore. Yeah, I feel like the first year was like, ooh. But, like, I remember sneaking it in my, like, luggage. Like, flying, not sneaking it, but just bringing it home in luggage and stuff yeah. when I was on vacation. And now it's like, I can easily go to the store and get to England now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not thinking about it. Yeah, okay. no, you want it. Yeah, it's uh, the cat string theory. You know, dangle some string in front of a cat. We'll go for it. Drop it. Yeah. It doesn't give a fuck. Exactly. You know? So we do have a guest tonight joining us in a few minutes. Uh, comedian. Uh, I wrote his name down. Here we go. Uh, David Vadella. He's a Boston comedian. He'll be joining us uh, momentarily. We we met today on Instagram, so this is going to be very interesting. So, if uh, you're watching, this could go either way. Could be good. Could be bad. We have we had plenty of comedians on our show in the years past, and we didn't even know they're just like, come on now. So, if you're wondering what's next to me right here, I bet you are. This is the uh, the Audi eighty four show, the Packy uh, Fantasy Football League trophy. Um. We finally finished it. It only took six years to build this thing. And uh, awesome. we have all the names of all the past winners on there, including uh, Mr. Mallet himself, the 2019 <laughs> champion with a 9-4 and four record, the Naked Cooking Chefs. There you go. It is, uh, there's only been, so there's been six years and there's been five champions. There's only been one repeat. And uh, I am not on this. This is very heavy. So this could cause some damage. Um, and we figured out that you could fit 14 names on each side. Four sides. It's like 56 years or something like that. 56 like years that. from now, I'll be 91 years old. I, <laughs> and I'm like, we're all about the same age on this. So we're all going to be in our 90s when this thing gets filled up. So I don't anticipate having to build another... Like, unless we pass this down to our children to continue the fantasy football. Oh, my league. God. This, this, and then he's going to use it. Who's going to keep condom wrappers in the top? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
this thing's gonna be actually fi- i'm so happy that the first person that gets this is a female who is not going to do anything gross with the cup there's gonna be because first of all it's it's you can hear it. it's plastic right yeah. so i was i was bamboozled i thought this was actually like kind of like a hard metal and i was kind of disappointed when i bought it i was like you're really kidding me i guess it was only 10 bucks for the cup thing so i'm like all right that makes sense so this will get damaged and cracked at some point but i'm just so happy that because if, if powers had this i'm sure there'd be some kind of like yeah like used condoms that you'd be using as an ashtray probably set it on fire you know so at least one year this will be yeah. in good shape you know so i have a feeling though whoever wins it, it could just stay there what do you mean? Yeah. Did I lose you? Whoever wins. Oh. Uh oh. The government hurt us. And now it's all over. I'm sure it's more It's going to stay there. At your place. I can hear you. Okay. All right. Get me back. Oh, no, I want to give it to the person to like, have. Oh, you can hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, no, I'll, um, so the goal is, so basically when you, for now on, when you win, you'll be giving it to you, you know, as soon as you get there. So I, I ordered both plaques for, it, because the mail was so fucked up this year, I ordered a plaque for both winners. So that when, when the winner won, I could just put the plaque on there. So now Ricky's plaque is hanging in my basement on the ceiling. I just stuck it on the ceiling. So... Um, yeah, because he didn't win. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I so you get it. it. You get it when you win, and then you hold on to it till um, the Super Bowl, the year. Oh, that's so, when the exchange will be. Yeah, so oh, okay. we could have some kind of party. We, we maybe we do it like uh, we have, like we always have a Super Bowl party for like the real Super Bowl. Maybe the exchange of the trophy is given at the Super Bowl party. That gives you like a couple of weeks for me to get the trophy ready and polished and presented to the person. You know. Maybe that would be a thing because then it'll make people want to come over for the Super Bowl party for the uh, presentation of the trophy and all that. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a nice quality. I apologize you weren't able to enjoy it, Maria, but at least your name is on it forever. And then forever and ever. But uh. So um, I wonder if we're gonna play this 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 baseball thing that I wanted to. Yes. Yeah. This baseball thing. Yeah, we get to it. You want maybe should we include the guest? Maybe he's into the baseball. It's we'll test you. the water if he is. He is. If he's not, yeah. he's not. Yeah. So let me just tell everyone what the, the the. So you kind of briefly told me about it, but what's uh? So what do you tell everyone else what the what the baseball game is about? So I've been like, on, I don't know why I have like this weird thing where I, I'm like, huh, what's going on with Chris Sabo? Like, yeah. where I just I'm curious about like '90s baseball players when you know baseball was fun. And now, and they had like a bunch of players who contributed on certain teams. And it's like, it just brings me back to the day for some reason. I was going through some old baseball cards the other day too. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is a Mark Molder (laughs) or Barry Zito, you know, we're good. They were okay. They weren't like awesome. But But the names you remember, like they're like, you know, iconic, uh, you know, 90s baseball players. Like you said, when the times were fun. So I crammed, I crammed together a list of names from each position. I'm going to tell you um, the position. I'm going to tell you the name. Yep. And actually, you just got to guess what team they were on. Oh, there you go. 
any team? Because I'm, I'm sure most of them are many teams. That's all. There yeah. you go. I'm, I'm curious. When next time you yeah, come over, have it. I, mean, you could, you could, I mean, we're getting older. Yeah. Next time yeah. you come over, we should, uh, in my office, I have a, a giant Tupperware container full of baseball cards. We should go through them and see it. Because I collected baseball cards from 87. Hello? Can you You're hear jumping me? jumping all the place. Oh, are you breaking up? I get yeah, all a little bit. Everything, little bit. everything in my house is flickering right now. I think I'm under attack. That's not good. Can you get you now? Oh boy. Yeah. Can, can you, you hear me? me? Yeah, I get you. Now. Yeah. Oh shit! You're fine. You're getting all jittery over there. I'm looking at my uh, my computer right now, and things are going crazy. So this should be interesting. But I, I have a tubware container full of baseball cards. So so, yeah, I, so from every position, I picked a player. Mm-hmm. And then we just have to guess what team they played on, right? Yeah, you just have to guess what team they played on. There you go. And I'll say the position. Yeah. No, you. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say the position. Like almost like it's a lineup. Missionary is that one of the positions? All right. Should I fire one out? Yeah, just fire one out real quick. Let's get the, let's get it tested. All right. Carlos Delgado, first baseman. He played on the Mets, right? Is that one of the teams? Correct. Yes, he did play on the Mets. He broke in with the Blue Jays, though. But you're correct. He yeah. ended up with the Mets. Did he play on the Rangers at all? Okay. Second base, Mark Lemke. Braves? And he's frozen. Mark Lemke? Lemke. Mark Lemke. Braves? You are correct. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> this is fucking um, crazy right now. I feel like aliens are attacking. It sounds like you're in a. Like no, a it is weird. Can you hear me? A, yeah, it feels sounds like you're in a voice machine. Sometimes, like you're like uh, Peter Frampton. You're being abducted or something. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Ready? Yep. Ready. I'm ready. At, um, at shortstop, at shortstop, Royce Clayton. Uh, White Sox. No. Um, Royce Clayton. Really slow motion. It's great. Why'd you play with them too? Yeah. Race Clayton. Oh, that's great. Uh, that's really? What team did you say? White I Sox? White Sox, but. He, he did play with the White Sox for two seasons. Really? Jesus Christ. I want you five. did. What am I, three for three? Okay, okay, can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. This is like, uh, yeah. As long as I can hear you, at least we get the You said White Sox? Yes, he did play for the White Sox at one point. All right. How about uh, number third base? No, we don't have the audio. No, I get the audio. I get you. It's all over the place. 
Fryman. What? It's delayed though. Slightly. I think it's slightly delayed. You see me wave? Weird. <laughs> it's the aliens. I think we're being taken over. It's Travis Fryman. Travis Fryman. Um Hmm. Yeah. I couldn't hear you. Cleveland. Oh, no, I hear you. The Cleveland Indians. Yes. Cleveland Indians. Yes. Damn. I'm better than this, I thought. I'm thinking of this is my, my youth. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you got this, man. Should we, uh, Bring our guest in, and then uh, maybe we can see. Maybe this will help clear up the uh, earwaves here a little bit. And we can continue the game if he wants to put tight. Do the audio. Sure, sure. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. So joining us now, Boston comedian David Fadella will be joining us uh, momentarily via Zoom. Let's see if we can get him. Yo, what's up, fellas? Chilling, chilling. I hear you. What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, shit. Okay. I like interesting. Can you hear us? Oh, fuck. We lost our Uh-oh. Everything is frozen. Yo, chilling, man. Can you hear? Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, where you from? Someone turned on the lights over there. I can, I can hear you. I can't see you. Okay, as long as you hear us, I think the, we're having issues with the video. I'm also screen. realizing I fucked up setting up my ring light. <laughs> oh, you have a I ring like light. How, uh, Adam was just kind of like, "Fuck it, I'll put it behind me." <laughs> I'm like over my <laughs> ring light. I'm like, dude, dude I, I'm <laughs> I, fucking I, over I, this um, right now, dude. He's, so his ring light is more Spend of a, all this money to fucking make yourself look somewhat presentable. It's almost like a prop. Right. He like he I think Adam uses it if you know It's very delayed on my end here. <laughs> with that? Uh, all right. We might be back. I, I I got kicked off and kicked back on again. I don't even know what's going on. Yo, I blame Facebook. You know what I think it is? I, th- I, think, we're being- I think we're more even now. Everything was like, when you guys were talking, it was all the audio wasn't making any sense. I think the show's being censored by the uh, United States government. <laughs> I blame the ring light. Could be the ring light being the wrong way. No, I think it's like, this is my halo. <laughs> See? The government and Facebook. They don't. Yeah. Like, you Adam, don't that's look. really fucking with me. Yeah, <laughs> you do look like very Jesus-like when you do that. Uh, but it, wait, so you're just kind of like, because basically the way it was explained to me is the ring light is supposed to be like facing you, never behind you. Like it shouldn't ever be shining like backward toward you. But you're just like, I'm gonna have the light on, but so everyone. Just that there's not enough light. It's really lazy. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> it's seven half. There is a light, but not. It's it's horribly not bright enough to like. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? This just helps. Well, because Artie... I'm not trying to be artsy-fartsy. I feel you, know? you, but, like, you know, Artie's background, like, looks good. You're just displaying your shitty apartment. Like, I'm not sure what you're trying to... So, we've been explaining that for... We've been doing this since quarantine. And, oh, okay. I see what and, you're doing. And, and you're, Adam... You're, you're Adam, doing a whole pick on the co-host thing. I see it. Okay. We did this... Exactly, yeah. We did you this, got my number, man. I do. <laughs> since we started quarantine... I have to have a fake apartment. I, I don't even have the courage to show you my shitty yeah, apartment. You could be in a basement with that. somebody, like, tied up behind you. Exactly. You look like you're in Venice right now with that apartment. <laughs> I think you're looking into a canal. It's a nice Bro, bed. come on. What are you talking about? This is from The Departed. Oh, that's the oh! I didn't even notice. I see the state house. Yes, there you go. That's actually pretty cool. Is uh, sir, you have a hand with a ring on it that you're gonna take out of a plastic bag? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I I sometimes dream about that big fucking lobster Nicholson. Oh man. And that's such a great movie every possible aspect um fucked everything baseball at all yeah 90s yes baseball no yeah well okay then no the, the game would not we were, we were playing a game where we we have a thing where in the 90s you know 90s baseball was actually like pretty fun and like there were just players that were kind of cool so we were just going through obscure players but we'll scrap that for another I'm okay, what's going on with you, sir? I was four for four, so I was killing this fucking game. Adam comes up with games all the time, and I suck were, at him. Were you? Um, not a whole lot going on, really. But, yeah, the, the show is called The Comics Feature, if it's all right to plug that. Um, of course. Basically, we just talk about movies, and I talk with comedians. And, like, uh, it's, it's a whole bunch of fun so far. Um, iTunes, Spotify, all that. Uh, yeah. He buys like a bunch of weird shit. Uh, that's all I know. Yes, dude. There's a classic episode of Entourage where they're at an auction and he's like selling like his dinosaur skeleton. <laughs> um, or no, I'm sorry. There's a line of dialogue where they're like, um, yeah, Nicolas Cage has that brontosaurus skull. And then I think Johnny Drama's like, yeah, I think the IRS actually now owns that brontosaurus skull. Um, Entourage. Um yeah. Was this not meant to be with the technology, you think, tonight? Yeah, so I, I'm back. I think I found my way back to the, 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 to, the, the, to the internet webs. I think my wife was watching too much Below Deck, and it was screwing up the internet stream. So <laughs> it occasionally happens. And Adam lives in uh, Wuben, which has a high level of uh, toxicity in the water, and sometimes that creates electromagnetic. <laughs> it's been a Dude, yeah. If I, I, I if I told you we we really haven't had issues like this during quarantine, you'd think I was lying. <laughs> no, it's all good. I yeah, hundred percent blame Woburn for that. Uh, we were just talking about Nicolas Cage, and uh, I was saying people forget that he has an Oscar. Do you know that he he has an Oscar for what? For um, leaving Las Vegas. I never saw it. Really? Yeah, I got to check that out. He, I know he's good in the movie Honeymoon in Vegas. Uh, did you see that one? No, I didn't. That's the one where he's married to uh, um, Sarah Jessica Parker, and they go to Las Vegas for their honeymoon. And he's playing a poker tournament with uh, John, I think it's John Voight. What's one of, maybe it's not John Voight. He's playing a, a, a poker tournament with some old actor, right? And uh, he gets it over his head. So what he does is he, he loses, and he bets a night with his... Uh, of his new wife 
So John Voigt gets to spend oh, yeah. the night with his new wife and do whatever he wants of her. But he has to explain to her that he just lost her in a bet. They just got married. And then at the end of the movie, he's dressed up as Elvis and he's jumping out of a fucking hell, uh, airplane parachuting over the strip. Dude, I, I'm in. That sounds great. It's actually a really good movie. I think Adam's coming back here. Uh, it's actually a really good movie. I don't think he won the Academy Award for that. So leaving Las Vegas makes more sense than honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> So he just likes Las Vegas, I guess. Or that just sounds like a regular like night for Nicolas Cage these days. So we're back. what else are you gonna do? Okay. Just parasail yeah. over Vegas. Right? Adam you, in the house. Have you ever seen uh, Honeymoon in Vegas with Nicolas Cage? We're just a little Nicolas Cage talk. How long have you guys been back? <laughs> uh, probably like literally two minutes, if that oh. yeah. Okay. Um no, I've not seen that one. No. He's no, dressed no. up as an Elvis at the end and he parachutes all lit up over the strip. Great. No, I've not seen that one. No. It has Sarah Jessica Parker. Her whole horse face is in the movie. It's very good. Okay, now it's starting to come together. I re- okay, that's what it is? Okay, I've seen Lo- part of it. I yeah, know Lo- it loses her in a poker tournament. The soundtrack is phenomenal. You should check out the soundtrack. It's like country stars singing Elvis songs. Fucking great. Fuck. Oh, shit. Okay. One yeah. of his first movies, it was like Vampire. Well, Vampire's Kiss is like probably one of the earliest good ones that he's starting, which is, it's like the dumbest, awesome movie ever. Like, he gets bit by somebody and is then convinced he's becoming a vampire. Okay. So he starts kind of acting like he's a vampire. And, but he's not becoming a vampire. Yeah. Like, Can you know, it's the stupidest movie, but it's hilarious. You think Nicolas Cage is ever anywhere and someone goes, hey, can we address the elephant in the room? Your last name's Coppola. The only reason you're an actor is because yeah. you're fucking old. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Whoa, I did not know that. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. His uncle is, uh, yeah, Coppola. And this is basically the only reason he's gotten any roles in Hollywood because he's not a good actor. Oh, <laughs> Francis Coppola. Bogged Dude, out. Like, he's, he's been in everything. Like, he's, I watched Jiu-Jitsu. I was like, I was telling you before we got kicked, Jiu-Jitsu was like, it's basically the movie Predator, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was inside of Elvis's daughter. That's true. But that that's right. A little bit, he right? was. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, he, he got married. He was so obsessed with Elvis, he married his daughter. I mean, you can't get it. You can't get the better trophy than that. He's got a whole Elvis yeah. collections. In fact, some of his purchases over the years are extremely questionable. Yeah, he's like Michael Jack here. Yeah, so apparently he stayed in this. He paid a ton of money to stay in this like legit haunted house. But yeah. like he was like, I'll do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he bought it. I think he bought it. Yeah, he, he, did he buy it? Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, didn't he like last? I think he lasted like three days before he was like, all right, no, I can't, I can't. No, there's no, I can't. Like he like literally like was like writing a movie, and the ghost told him not to do it. It's like, awesome. Oh, all right. <laughs> a Nick Cage movie. I mean, that guy. He has he ever turned down a script? No, he, he takes whatever no. movie gives to him. He's like at one point he bought two castles. Um, an island in the Bahamas, a uh, nine-foot-tall burial tomb, uh, shrunken pygmy heads, 450000 on the late shot of Iran's Lamborghini, and another 150000 on a pet octopus, um, <laughs> another 150000 on the first Superman comic. Um, allegedly, Cage also once outbid Leonardo DiCaprio for a $7 million year old dinosaur skull worth $276,000. It's all it was worth, $276,000. What the fuck is wrong with that guy? Where's his financial advisor? Like, what was he, like, sleeping? No, dude, dude, yeah. What kind of fucking... 
what kind of fucking community college dropout was like advising him and yeah wesley snipes like i don't understand how you could be so fucking bad like if you do a fucking guest appearance on a tv show you can safely invest that money if you got other shit coming in just be like yo cover the sales tax on this fucking brontosaurus skull um real quick and just cover your fucking bases i don't know how you could be so and why didn't he see the pen did he ever go to jail uh, is he just like in white people jail like i don't understand what's going on like wh- like who does he fucking know where he just can get off like well, i think it's funny how these guys obviously have tax problems for years before they finally get arrested but if you and me were not to pay the tax on a lottery ticket for that you won for only a thousand dollars the irs will come knocking on your door right oh, yeah. yeah i've, yeah. I've gotten i've owed <laughs> i've been audited five times five <laughs> I'm 36 years old. I've been audited five times. I get these bills in the mail from the IRS saying, you forgot to claim this in 2014. You owe $2,000 and you're going to get all interest. I've written more checks to the IRS in the last five years than anyone should ever have to. And now I'm on their radar. So if I fuck up once, like I say, I forget to claim like, you know, like a lottery winning, right? And I don't claim it on my taxes. They'll find me. I'm like on the top of the list. I'm like on the IRS's top like 100 list of fucking people to fuck. Literally. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, they, they, well, to be fair, Artie, uh, do, they, they, do they have some reasons? Yeah, I mean, I've been fucking them for five years. I've been okay, so there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is right there. I mean, listen, they caught up to me. What can I say? I'm like, oh, fear. Dude, love I, I've got to keep IRS lube by the fucking bed, man. They just... <laughs> They're relentless. It's crazy, man. Have you ever, I'm sure, just based on the conversation, have you gotten leaned on? I've gotten fucking leaned on like, I hard by these fucking guys. Like, just oh. like my checks, like, oh, like, oh, you, you owe us like X amount of dollars, but like, we're just going to like withhold like your, uh, you know, it's, like, we're just going to pause your bank situation. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that, that'll be super helpful for giving you money that you're fucking holding up. Like, they just know that we can't afford, like, you know, us lowly artists or whatever, like, can't afford fucking legal shit. Meanwhile, Bezos owns, like, a billion dollars without breaking a sweat to these yeah. fucking cunts. Like, it's... It's fucked. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I had human resources come into my office at one of my old jobs and say, uh, we just got this letter from the IRS saying that they're going to garnish your wages next pay cycle. Uh, do you know anything about this? And I go, oh, yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been dodging those letters for months now. So I go, probably, probably a good time to call them. So I call them up. I go, hey, I am uh, just got a threatening letter that you're going to steal my paycheck next week. I go, can we negotiate something? <laughs> yeah, but then you go to their fucking website and it's like, it looks, shittier than, it looks shittier than like Craigslist. It's impossible like, it's, to navigate. Yeah, yeah. It, they intentionally make it super difficult um, to like, you know, build yourself back up and uh, you'll Our be on the individual. phone. Yeah, I had this guy, yeah. I had to talk to him for like two hours to convince to get into a payment plan. And then by the time I was done with the payment plan, I said to him, like, what's the damage? I owe him like $2,500. I'm like, let me cut a deal with you. I'm going to put it on my credit card so I can get points. And is that cool? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, sure, we take credit cards. I'm like, yeah, of course you take credit cards, IRS. So I, <laughs> I, I paid my taxes with my Marriott card and I got three free hotels out of the deal. So I'm like, I at least I got to benefit out of something at this property. You know what I mean? I'm like, at this point, what the fuck? You know, that's funny. so funny because like 
strippers don't take fucking credit cards, but like the IRS is like, oh yeah, what do you got? You got diners? What? Well, you got fucking uh, Discover? I'll take so, whatever. Yeah, we'll take it. This is that's not partially correct. I was in Rhode Island, and do you know anything about the history of the Rhode Island strip clubs from back in the day? If it's anything like their police leniency, uh, but go on, no. <laughs> so basically, anything used to go back then. So years ago, I was there, and I was uh, I went to a stripper, and she's like. It's like, oh, $100 for a lap dance, another 100 for the private room. So it was a bunch of people. So I'm like, oh, let me do it. And I go, well, I don't have any cash. She's like, no, that's okay. We take credit card. And I go, do tell. So they have this system set up at the strip club where they'll do almost like a PayPal system through a machine. Is the slot in her ass? Please tell me the slot's in her ass. I wish. I asked her that. <laughs> so they'll actually do this thing where you can use your credit card and they'll like charge you for like an object, an obscure object on like a PayPal account. And then that money gets transferred to the stripper and there's like a percentage you have to pay off of it. So it's like a 20% percentage on the payment that process. So, so not all strippers take credit cards, but the one is in Rhode Island too. So if you're ever down there and you're at a pinch, which is very dangerous once you've been drinking all night and you're like, yeah, what's a thousand dollars in a stripper's ass. So let's put it on my American Express and worry about tomorrow. Okay. You, you know, what's funny. I experienced something similar in Canada. Cause I'm like, what do I do? Mostly their shit is coins. So I'm going to throw coins at them. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, the slot's actually in the bouncer's ass. You have to crawl in. That'd be great. So, yeah, there was like a thing where you had to buy certain tokens to give to them. Yeah, and how sucky is it for a stripper in Canada? She has all this, like, heavy coin that she has to carry. At least in the United States, she's putting dollar bills. She has dollar coins, like those Sacagaweas. No, I was just saying how they changed that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. there's a dignity to it, you know? like She's carrying around, like, she's carrying a satchel that she's putting her coins in when she's dancing. She's all black and blue on stage. Yeah, yeah, the coin belt. She's shoving the coins. She has like a a dispenser. She's all bruised (laughs) up from people chucking coins at her. She's all black and blue. (laughs) Yo, dude, have you guys been? I'm sure you guys have been to uh, strip club in Boston. Not uh, headliners or not centerfold, but the one next to centerfold. What is that called? Glass slipper. Glass slipper. Oh yeah. No. Dude, that place I had never been. I went to my bachelor party two years ago. If you, Adam, have you been? No, I actually haven't. No. Very interesting architecture when you walk in there. So basically, you walk in, the bar is on your right, and the stage where everybody dances is behind the bar. So, in order for your bills to get to um, classy woman, you must huck these, you must ball up the dollar bill. And literally huck these dollar Over. bills at these women. <laughs> it is a fucking scream, dude. It was honestly like the, the most fun, hilarious thing. That's like, you know, they're doing their like sexy dance and like they're thinking everyone's paying attention to that, but they're like, what's the most aerodynamic way yeah. I can get this like in the boob zone or whatever? So uh, I, I was there, oh God, 2006 when it was in the old location across the street before they moved in next to yeah, Seattle, yeah, yeah. right? And same exact I mean, setup. What? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, same, no. <laughs> same exact setup. With the, you have to the dance behind the bar, and yeah. I was I was there, and I remember I went with a bunch of guys from work, and it was like eleven dollars for a Corona, right? So that was that was the first ripoff. The second was there was this giant black dude, like he looked like he was like this buff giant, and he's sitting there wearing a Ben Colts jersey. Now this is two thousand six. Ben Colts didn't play on the Patriots probably for seven years at this point. And he's rolling up dollar bills and he's throwing them like Randy Johnson at these girls. And, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And they're bouncing off of her at a hundred miles per hour. And she's just doing her thing. And there's 
debris going everywhere. And she's like, she's like, you see her get hit. And she was like, oh, she keeps on dancing. And she, <laughs> <laughs> Take it like a man, bitch. <laughs> was no, I know you, you that would show up at the strip clubs with chicken wings. No, Movon would get hammered down at Providence strip clubs and crash his vehicle on the way home. <laughs> Who would bring their own really chicken wings? Style. Uh, one of our yeah. friends, Mike Monaco. Adam, Adam and I were at a strip club in, in Jacksonville, Florida, where they were serving chicken wings. And we we're like, who the hell's eating the chicken wings? And then we look over, and there's these two dudes at the bar eating the chicken wings. <laughs> don't eat chicken wings at a strip club. Please don't. No, that's the thing. Yeah, that, like eating food at a strip club is almost like, I don't know. It's like eating, I, I don't even want to make the no. fucking ancient comparison, but it's like, um, it, it's like if you were, it's like if you like wrote a check to somebody. Like you're just, it's uncool to do. Um, it's kind of gross. Like it takes yeah. too long. Like it's disgusting. People get pissed off. Um, it's like trying to like, enjoy yeah. a. It's like trying to enjoy a male while you, your feet are dangling over a septic tank. But right. you know, are, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what was scarier? You know what was scarier about these two guys? though? they didn't just look like they were eating chicken wings. They looked like they were enjoying they eating enjoying the chicken it. wings. Yeah, <laughs> that's the scarier part. <laughs> That night was all types of fucked. I don't know if you've been to Florida strip clubs, but it's like a whole nother world down there. I haven't. Were you guys like in, I don't know where Jacksonville, is that like near Orlando or is that on the west so it's like coast of Florida? Northeast, right when you get over the border from Georgia, like the, one of the first major cities. Oh, okay. Yeah. Enough said. We, we were there for a ba- my bachelor party. We, were, uh, we went to go see the Patriots play the Jaguars. So uh, nice. after, after the game, we, we decided we were going to venture off. So we were with one of our friends who's very uh, – how, was, how would you say? Uh, he's an interesting character. I guess you could say it's the best thing. Um, he, uh, he, he, his pickup line is to girls is like, do you like to be strangled? That's his... Uh, he fancies certain things that yeah. we kind of look at him like... It doesn't, fit the, doesn't fit the majority. <laughs> like, right? So he paid a significant amount of money, allegedly, to service the stripper. Not him being serviced, but for him to service her in a VIP room. Yes. Yeah. John yeah. Paul Rivera. You know John Paul Rivera already? John Paul Rivera. Sounds very familiar. Very familiar. Yeah, he's a Boston comedian. He's in New York now, but he had mm-hmm. this joke and he was like, he's like, eating out a stripper is like renting a car and getting a car wash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's... Your your friend needs a serious talking to, or maybe the herpes gave him a talking to that night. We came out of the room and he was all sweaty. Me and me and Adam killed a pack of cigarettes, and we don't smoke cigarettes. But for that, yeah, for that the, the Chinese guys order the chicken wings, and uh, yeah, yeah and he came back and yeah, yeah he, he was just, all sweating and he was all like aroused. I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah, he gets weird. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, we could go deeper into the story, but. I will, but I don't yeah. know if I should. No, we put it that way. <laughs> on that trip, we seen more of that kid all around than we needed to. <laughs> that me and Adam, were. and for some reason, we and Adam are always with him. There was there was like six of us on the trip, but some reason when shit went down, it was me, Adam, and him. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, man. So let me tell you something. Yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense to me because like it, this happened at my bachelor party too. Like the people who you almost don't expect to be like kind of all in it are like just like they're a different person they're like this is our purge night or like whatever it is like uh this kid um like perfectly like you just like a you know whatever stand-up citizen type of guy job and all that he got seven dances at like 
maybe like 45 to 50 dollars a piece and it's mm -hmm. like dude like you're not like there's you don't level up from the fucking lap dance you know yeah. what i mean like no one's gonna be like oh three lap dances is some blowy like there's like you're just kind of wasting your time your oh, yeah. money like you're not gonna get promoted to like um like because this lady was like oh like you should you should do the private room like i know your friends will pay for it and i was like i don't think i saw you talk to any of my friends yet <laughs> uh <laughs> but like you know, should have stick my friends with like a two grand bill oh yeah um you got to be careful with these places these ladies are getting smarter it's, it's really a shame i was up in montreal if one of my cousins <laughs> it's a shame yeah. <laughs> And uh, he was getting a lap dance, and she's like, they, were, they, they charge you per song, but the DJ just flows the songs into each other. So you don't really know when the songs are ending. So he was getting a lap dance in the private room, and she kept saying, you want to keep on going? And he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So all of a sudden, you know, 25 minutes goes by, a bunch of songs go by, and he doesn't have enough money to cover the, the balance of the song. So I was out and about somewhere, and all of a sudden I get a frantic phone call. This is like Montreal in December. It was snowing out. It was cold. And I was like walking into the hotel lobby and then I get a phone call from like this weird number. And I go, hello. And he's like, Hey, he's like, Addy. He's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm at the hotel. I'm getting into the hotel. I'm like, what? He's like, you got to do me a favor, man. You could get me like 150 bucks and meet me at the strip club. He's like, I'll explain to you when you get here, but they're not going to let me leave. So I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, all right. So I'm like, hightailing down the street. It's like blizzarding out. The snow's like piling up. I'm wearing dress shoes and like a fucking, I look like I'm from Jersey Shore. I get the blowout and I got the t-shirt on and it's like, you know, I'm running the jeans, you know. So I get into the strip club and the guy's like, they, first of all, they, they charge me a cover to get into a place. I'm like, all right, I got I'm like, I'm just paying money. And they're like, yeah, everyone's paying money here. I'm like, what the fuck? Right, yeah. So I get up there, I get up the stairs and I see my cousin. He's like being held hostage on the corner of the fucking building. And he like the, when he seen me, it was like seeing like someone who hasn't had water in like years. And then all of a sudden they're getting a, a drip of water and they're like so excited. He's like, Thank God you're here. He's like, long story. I'll tell you what happened. He's like, just pay that guy right there. So I'm like, all right. So $150. So I go, what the fuck happened? He's like, I'll explain to you when you leave. So we left. And we're walking down the street. He's like, dude, he's like, the songs just flowed into each other. He's like, I didn't know what was happening. The next thing you know, she was presenting me a bill. I'm like, well, that's how it happens. I go, I mean, you got I go, did she tell you when she comes? She kept asking me if I wanted to keep on going. And I go, yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, so it's like, yeah, she's selling up. I mean, he was, the poor kid was 18 years old. It was his first time up in Montreal. He was, he learned the hard way. <laughs> no, for sure. And I mean, it sounds like this person was like, I mean, I was joking that like, you know, they're not the smartest people, but like there is a legitimate artistry to like, keeping you know you in that moment like maybe as a song is ending like um you know things you know intensify a little bit oh, they graze you um, a little bit you know a little little grazing of the you know whatever yeah <laughs> especially during prime time too like if it's like saturday night or something you're like in the moment there's lights oh, going yeah. on like who knows it's not like you're at fucking squire at 4 p.m uh i've been like my Actually, I grew I grew up a half a mile from the square. So yeah, been, you did. <laughs> I've been there plenty of times at four four p.m. right when they open. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So previous to my um, my bachelor um, experience, I was at the Squire, and um, we like went after a movie or something because it's you know right we you know hell yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Fucking showcase cinemas after seventy mm. years. Such a shame. Pour a fucking overpriced soda on the curb, but um, <laughs> fucking, I uh, so yeah, I I we were getting, I decided to you know get a dance for like twenty bucks, whatever it was, and like this woman was like, 
not good, not great type of thing overall. Leave it at that. And uh, she's like, yeah, like, do you watch like football at all? And of course she was talking about like European football, but I was like, oh yeah, like uh, whatever, I love football. And she's like dancing up on me and stuff. And, and she's like, yeah, it's just all about, you know, feeding my daughter and stuff. And I was like, Jesus. I was like, how old is your daughter? He's like, a month old. Oh like, my this God. lady's just fucking dancing up on me. Like, and like, you know, it's mm. like a recent, he's like, she's a recent new mom. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting like, like milk uh, on her. She's still lactating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spray <laughs> in the face and shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, I, I'm not sure how they vet their, their talent. They don't. Um, it's whoever wants to do it. <laughs> we start by not vetting any talent. Yeah, yeah. we let anyone in. We have an open door policy here. I, I was there once, and I was sitting there at, at I call it pervert row, and uh, my buddy Anthony and I had this technique where we'd sit next to people who pay money because they're going to put the show on in front of that person, but we're right next to that person, so we're getting the show oh, for free. Yeah. So you don't got to put up the extra money. So we're sitting there one day, and, you know, and I throw a few bucks on there, and this girl comes over. And she's doing her thing, shaking her ass. And she turns around and threw her legs backwards. Like her ass is to me, but she pokes her head under her legs. And she's like, Artie? From high school? <laughs> oh, yeah. RHS graduating <laughs> class of 02, all-star right there. That's all and, uh, so we had an awkward conversation while she was spreading her ass open to me. You know, then I felt <laughs> obligated to tip her because I'm like, well, I don't want to be a cheapskate. Now I got to give her some money, like, you know? So, uh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I like doing this. She's like, my mom used to do this. You know, now I'm doing this. I'm like, oh, keep it in the family. I guess that's good. You know? No, for sure. Didn't she see Friday Night Lights? You're supposed to go to like the next town over. Like you're yeah. not supposed to like just grow up and revere then strip and revere. Go to strip like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like a revolving door of disappointment. Like you don't want her telling like yeah. her friends that you know probably, but then you're just like, oh, do I even give a shit with this stripper thing? Yeah. Like, no, I, got, I got scalded by a stripper. At Max Twos because I sat next to a guy who, like you already, like you know, you said somebody's throwing out a bunch of money. It's what I did, right? But the problem was, like, there were magazines on the tables, right? And I picked one up and I was sitting there reading the magazine because I didn't really like the stripper. But I'm around the table too, and I didn't know that is a very not nice thing to do. And the stripper was like, she stopped the routine on the stage. She's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Are you reading that magazine?" And I said, "Yeah." Right, and then she's like, "You shouldn't be doing that right here." <laughs> what are you? Were you in a waiting room of a dentist office? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like around the table itself with the stripper, like not like in a booth, but I'm sitting there. Sitting yeah. Right, yeah. I'm like reading. I didn't think she was that great. I didn't think she was awesome at all. I didn't like her. So I want the next girl. And I'm just reading a magazine. Like a magazine. <laughs> it was like popular mechanics. He was looking at a, a operator to rebuild a carburetor. What? Let's go. Did not go over well though. It didn't go over there was well. also a, a small window of time. I remember Mac 2's uh, Bill Ricca, right? Bill Ricca, yes. yeah. yeah. 18 plus. Yeah, no alcohol. Yeah. No alcohol? Or yeah, yeah they say you can't bus. bring in. Well, at least I, I didn't have a liquor license from back in when me and Adam. Back when I went, they yeah, they were 18 yeah, plus. Yeah, 18 Oh, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. That was why we went. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All of us. I mean, that's why That's why you go to Mac 2's. Get a Coca Cola uh, and Red Bull. They gave you a lot. <laughs> yeah. And. You had hotties who stripped who went to UMass Lowell, which I ran into a girl I went to English class with there. That's another story for another time. But, but you know, that's what, what you say, Mac Tuesday, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, no. Um, there was a small window of time in, um, like, uh, at the Squire where um, it was like when having a camera on your phone was, like, 
kind of a new thing. Yeah. And they would take your fucking phone yeah. at the door, and it's like, what? Like, you I leave don't, it. Yep. Yeah, I'm not gonna snap you on my fucking Nokia and like spank it later. Like this is, I'm spanking it here. Yeah, they. I remember that they used to have to have you keep you in the car. You're putting in a glove box or something like that. Yeah, it was the no camera zone. Which yeah, was you want great. me to keep my phone in my fucking car in Revere and uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I go yeah, metal detector, the whole thing. Me, me and my buddies were in New Orleans, right? We were in we we're in spring break in Florida, and we decided to drive to New Orleans for the day, which is like a six hour drive. So we got to Bourbon Street, and uh, I had my backpack with my computer in it because I didn't want to leave it in the hotel room when I was doing some work for school. I was back in college, so I walked into a strip club with a backpack with my computer. <laughs> They go to me like, yeah, you can't bring that in there. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with it? They're like, we can check it at the door. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I don't know if I, the whole entire time I couldn't enjoy myself because I'm like paranoid. Of course. My computer's with the under, <laughs> circle, <laughs> under supervision of these two girls working at the front desk. I'm like, what happens if someone comes in and steals it? I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, I want all my schoolwork on here. I'm working on my project for school. <laughs> like, what did they think I was going to pop my laptop up on friggin' pervert row and fucking start writing a report about them? A review on Yelp. <laughs> she pop open an Excel file. Yeah, <laughs> to getting her dimensions down. Like, hey, I just need to. I'm I'm doing an interview here. I'm just taking some notes. Tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I need dimensions. <laughs> How long have you been doing this for? How big is your? Uh, you know, <laughs> fucking strip clubs. R.I.P. Those things might go away. Huh? Comedy clubs and strip clubs might be the thing of the past if this shit doesn't fucking pick up. What's gonna happen? I know and there were women um, uh, protesting, like saying, open the strip clubs, like on um, the street we were talking about with centerfolds and glasses oh, yeah. for like legitimately. And like, I'm, I'm sure that wasn't productive, No, <laughs> but like people were just like, take it off. Yeah. And it's like, it's sad because like, I don't, I don't know. Dave, how old are you? Are you in twenties? No, thank you. I'm, I'm 33. Oh, okay. So you're close to our age. Right? Lord. Yeah. Well, he, your hair is still looks nice. That's what makes, makes me think like yeah, younger thirties. Like it hasn't started to thin out yet. So yeah, you still got that. So you have fun. You're, <laughs> I'm you're the, dude, I'm going out with dignity. I'm I'm shaving the whole thing off as soon as I even see a fleck. I, uh, I can't yeah. admit defeat. It's happening. I'm I'm, I'm a realist. It's happening. Oh, it looks but, good, uh, man. It's, it's okay for for thirty eight. I'm gonna be thirty eight in February. Fuck so, man. So you don't remember oh, yeah. uh, the combat zone because I barely remember the combat zone. Where basically right. all of the theater district of Boston was strip clubs, peep shows, and hookers until like 1995, 96 when they started cleaning it up. But it was basically oh, wow. like Smutville. So it was really bad. And then what they did was Menino kind of like focused it all on one street, <laughs> so that that one street where Centerfolds and Glass Slippers is the only like designated area in the entire city of Boston where you can have a strip club. So that's how that happened. Shit, okay. Because all of uh, Washington street and all that area where like the, the theaters and stuff like that, where like some of the theaters, like the ones where they have like, like I think Boston university owns one now. They were, right. Yeah. The Paramount and those. Paramount. It was a porn theater. They used to play porn movies in there. Oh yeah. Well, like, yeah I think I did know that. Yeah. That's so funny. And like, I'm looking at yeah. some old photos of it now. Like, yeah, every sign yeah, all along the board is like, you know, live new girls, three yeah. films in a row, porn, porn, live, naked, all over the place. It's Dang. like that scene in the departed when they, then, uh, Jack Nicholson and, uh, they go into the porn theater. Remember when they yes. used to sit there and he's in the, the trench coat. That was basically what Boston was like, like back. And I remember as a kid driving through <laughs> 
being like like seven years old and we were passing through and I remember seeing all the signs and I was like, don't look out the window. Keep stare straight. Don't look out the window. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm coming back here in 15 years. <laughs> I can't wait. And Menino's like, what getting Menino's like, well, getting rid of the combat zone. I'm like, oh man, like, what the fuck? I'm just old enough to enjoy it. What's going on? Dude, this new black woman mayor, I'm sure this is going to be her first order of business, bringing back the Ooh. combat zone. I hope so. I'd vote It's got to be on the agenda, right? I mean, you got to be, here's the thing. To present that, like, for example, in Massachusetts, right, to get, like, to be able to take alcohol home during the pandemic, it's, like, so, like, non-Massachusetts, no happy hour, alcohol laws are so strict. But then they're like, all right, we can bring alcohol. So you need something bad to happen for you to do this. So, like, so how do you get sex back into society? Like, because like, you, you can't just be like, hey, day one, combat zone, coming back this fall in Boston, Mass. Very aggressive move. I love it. <laughs> I think we could do it. The three of us, we could do it. And like, the thing is, um, people, I think, like, people are going to be pissed about this conversation because, like, we're not being respectful to, like, sex workers. Like, I've made jokes, like, on stage and, like, I've gotten, like, comments, like, just being, like, uh, you shouldn't disrespect sex workers. Like that is a profession. Oh, like these like fuck. cams only girls and stuff. And like, yeah. I respect it. So like, if we took that angle, we're like, these are artists. Um, yeah, they're trying to you know um, you know contribute the the only way they know how. Uh, sucking D, uh, and uh, or just giving you the illusion of sucking D. Um, you know, veterans come back, and uh, you know they got to look at something. They can't uh, they can't empathize. Uh, they just want to look at something. So uh, we could do a twofold like veterans artists you know, double play. Um, I feel good about this. I'll throw together a PowerPoint. It, it is an art. And I, and I, I would help support you on this one because we can make a nice, really good listen. Here's the thing. Like these Dude, girls, we, we would be SJWs. Like these girls, for real, these girls, go on. <laughs> like, come on. We'll, so those girls who are protesting, excuse me, down, um, I think it's Chandler street or chassis street, or whatever the street where the strip clubs are. Yeah, we can, we can help them. We can bring them on the show. I mean, we've had porn stars and cam girls on the show multiple times, so we understand what they have. They, their, uh, we understand their art and their uh, the, the the mountains they have to climb in order to get to uh, where they are. So you know, we support. We've had so back in the day when uh, Adam before really before Adam, me and my old co-host Eric were doing this probably back in 2010. We had a lot of girls on who were you know, models. Um, and a lot of them now are cam girls who get like thousands of dollars. One cam girl, someone paid her, uh, they paid for a flight to Vegas to stay at the hotel for three days, gave her her own room and three days back. And they didn't want any sex. It was just basically just to chill with them and hang out when they wanted to, but she could do whatever she wanted. on them. She made like four or five grand on this thing. So there's Damn. guys who support this. And I think, you know, you have to come out of the shell. We, we, but listen, girls, guys, everyone, let's join on. Let's bring the combat zone back to Boston. Hashtag. Oh, what's hashtag, the hashtag? Hashtag bring combat back zone. The combat. Yeah, bring back the I like combat. It. I like that, right? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. And it has like those words in it that'll get people thinking. You know what I mean? Like, because you have to Google that. You know what I mean? yeah. Or if you're under, I don't know. But yeah, no, I like it. Bring back the combat zone. We'll be hashtag that for this episode. There's like some 50-year-old guys right now who are watching the show who are thinking, reminiscing back in the day. They're like, wow, I remember the combat zone. That was a good time. Oh, man. Like, I didn't want to go there, stories. but I was there. It was like after the Basel at 2 o'clock in the morning, we just walked up Washington Street, a couple blocks, 
And we went to Chinatown where we got the warm tea. Do you know what the warm tea is, right? I know oh, warm yeah. tea, yeah. Yeah, they get the warm tea, and then they go into one of those peep shows, and life was great. Next thing you know it, you know, they're home on Sunday around 7 a.m. So it's like, you know. Dude, it, it I, because Bill Burr and, like, all the old Boston comedians always talk about, like, Louie and, like, Patrice. They, they would always talk about, like, the i never heard them call it like the combat so like i know it that's like in Bo- like it's a boston thing but they were they yeah. would always talk about like all these like hookers that would just like hang out by like the wilbur theater and like that's <laughs> squarely in that zone you know what i mean yeah, like so that's yeah. like the pieces are starting to add up i, I get it in the um, nine in the eight late 80s and nine early 90s it was uh it was it was interesting i mean it was i mean needles don't want to clean it up because before then it was kind of like times square in new york before giuliani got there times square in new york was all porn theaters and garbage right it was like oh yeah. shit. and then he turned into disney world but all he did was push everything down to like eighth avenue he just moved it a block away so no one got to see that you know what i mean but then yeah, real yeah. estate gets really expensive and then they can't afford to keep these shitty smut theaters open because not because the people don't want it it's just they just can't afford the rent you know what i mean someone wants to knock it down and build a 70 story building you're gonna do that before you keep some guy who's running up you know even for the fact that internet killed Point theaters, right? We got to figure, right? Yeah. Because before like 1995, you really, the only place you wanted to go rub one off, you had to go to a porn theater. You know, people didn't have the VHS readable available, right? Then once DVDs came out, and once the internet came out, forget about it. Like, you can do whatever the hell you want at this point, you know? It really Dude, killed exactly. the industry. You know, so I feel bad for the poor guy, you know, who owned a chain of uh, adult porn theaters in 1997. <laughs> he really got put out of business real quick. Dude, RIP, the greatest fucking comedic actor one of the greatest of all time fred willard was arrested yeah for jerking off in a porn third theater and it's like you're supposed oh, to jerk Herman. off or like i don't know like he's Pee-wee. like i can't win yeah he <laughs> like, couldn't yes yeah, like herman was as well oh was he yeah, yeah. like he's yeah. poor so, fucking guy <laughs> ruben uh what's his name paul rubens paul yeah paul rubens yeah he was jerking off at a sarasota florida porn theater while uh he was on vacation visiting he was he was set up. He's the so best. It sounds like a setup. Yeah. Like Belichick, right? Exactly. Come on. No, but I mean, you see somebody going to a porn theater, come on, you know what they're going to do. But like... I go there. He has every right to be in there, technically. Correct, Adam. I've sat you know? many hours in a porn theater because I like to see the plot of the movie and how it's going to work out. Of course. <laughs> Next to a creepy guy in a trench coat. You know what I mean? So... You think the floors at the Showcase Center in Rivera is sticky? You should go into one of the places in, in Montreal that shows movies like that. You, you, you literally threw your oh, shoes away. I'm good. Threw your <laughs> shoes away from the place. Disgusting. I know plenty oh, of people shit. who would though. But that industry's dead now. I mean, that stuff's all. It's 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 it's, it's it was weird because when as young, young grown men, you know, at adolescent age of hitting eighteen, it was like a big thing to do. Like, oh, I can't wait to like see this stuff right and then we get to our age you kind of just sit back on it and be like oh you know it was what it was but there's kids who are like 18 years old now who will never get to experience the same experience we experienced and it's kind of sad you know because i think you feel you need that because it, it turns you into your manhood it really brings you to a, a horizon of like you know of a maturity level right so you're like oh i've achieved this point i've waited my like i remember as a kid driving by on the school bus looking at the squire club and all the boys in the bus would be there's naked girls behind those walls and then of course, yeah. One one, it's like, I got to see the naked girls behind the wall. And it's like, then you do it, and it's like, oh, that's all it was. Like, yeah, that's cool. You know, but it's Dude, like, yeah. build up. You know? I want to kick the shit out of my dad, like, every day for, like, not just, like, marching me in there when I was, like, 
16, 17 years old, I would have had so much more confidence in my life. Like, if I'm just like, oh, titties, check, like, done. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, will that be a thing in the in the future? I mean, I it goes. It's like, it's because it's like, it's like, well, maybe it just goes away. The internet has taken over everything. Like, have you done any um, online comedy, like virtual comedy sets at all? Yeah. Isn't it's, it terrible? Uh, it blows, man. Like, it, like, like, very much. You know, you remember the the start of this show when we were basically just fucking around trying to like understand shit. It's that for forty five yeah. minutes because each comic that comes up like doesn't know what the rhythm of the internet connection is like. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of experimenting for like a minute, and then you know a fifth of your set is done, and um, it's so strange. It's going to be such a luxury performing in rooms like with people again. It's kind of like making a deal with the devil because you can actually cover a lot more ground. Like I'm doing easily three times as much comedy in terms of like doing mics, getting on like showcase, things like that. But you don't get the buzz of like making someone laugh. Like you just don't like the laughs just disappear into thin air. Like before they start almost like it's uh, it's, it's, it's definitely its own thing. Um, I don't see anyone getting famous or like exposure from zoom at all. It's just like a, a big dead zone. Um, so yeah i don't i did i did a couple where when the pandemic started because i was trying i was i was literally i was starting it back into doing mics and stuff like that and then i'm like oh let me try the the online shit and man it sucked because i got i got lit twice on a show and didn't even know it because it's tough because you're paying attention to your your stuff but then you have to pay attention to the screen and like you said you're not getting the feedback or anything like that either so like basically it's like a struggle so it's like it's like telling jokes in front of a mirror and you don't know yeah no it it, it, you know it Sucks. really is like, I mean, it used to be one thing where people were like eating an appetizer in front of you, but they're all in the same dark room. Whereas this, it's like, um, you know, there's people, you know, their ring lights are falling over or maybe they're taking their camera with them to take a shit. Like, yeah. or like they're, they start cooking and uh, it just, it, it isn't. Um, yeah. I was, I was basically forced to start a podcast and um, yeah, you know, it, that's a lot more satisfying than like, flinging shit that i've worked really hard on at people that are half there or like there's a lag or yeah whatever but it's uh yeah i don't know it's it's weird um are you still trying to do mics and stuff already yeah once the world opens up again i think i'm gonna get back out there but it's like i was just getting in the rhythm of doing some and then i was like fuck (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) but uh but uh, we're getting close to the end of the show. So why don't you tell us about your podcast and uh, where they can get some of your information if you want to. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, my Instagram is just at Dave Adala. And um, the podcast is called The Comics Feature. Pretty standard. Um, I have a comic on every week. I actually am releasing two episodes a week. We just launched uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, so um, I got just we're talking about recent movies with uh, comedians. And it's, it's a ton of fun. Again, it's called The Comics Feature. Follow The Comics Feature Instagram. Uh, check us out. We'll, we'll have you guys on. Uh, we just like to talk about like relevant movies. I say we like it's not just me, but uh, <laughs> it's a labor of love, like editing and all that uh, yeah. is involved. And uh, it's just a ton of fun. So definitely swing by, um, you know, maybe I'm thinking end of February. Nice. Sounds good. Man. You guys, RD84 cool. show. That's right. Stay in touch. We'll definitely do Especially Adam. He loves the. Loves movies. Yeah, I have a YouTube channel no, for sure. Movie on movies, yeah. Um, so Adam, I, hiatus. You uh, might as well plug it. The whirlwind potato. Yeah, the whirlwind potato on YouTube. Yeah, I, um, I've been on a hiatus for a while. Just, I, I've, been, I've written a bunch of stuff. I'm just not motivated right now. I just not. I, 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 I shoot stuff. I write stuff. It just happens when it happens. Yeah. Format. No, for you know? sure. Whirlwind potato. One word on YouTube. 
Yep, one word, whirlwind and potato. Yep. Hell yeah. Check it out. Cool. Nice. Check it out. Well, Dave, thank you very much for joining us tonight, last minute. We appreciate yeah, it. Man. Great talking Thanks to you, man. Me. Nice meeting you. Yes, thank you for joining us, man. Appreciate yeah. it. I'm sorry about Hell the uh, yeah, technical guys. difficulties. It's, uh, I'm telling you, my wife's going to stop streaming so much below deck. It's killing the fucking stream of my internet in the house, yeah. Dude, yeah, hopefully she's not, like, streaming some, like, you know, some shitty comedy show or some, like, male stripping show, um, okay. you know. She's watching this podcast, and she's just sitting there trying to figure out why she married me. That's why she's going <laughs> My wife is probably in the next room wondering the same. But um, yeah. yeah, this has been fire, guys. Thanks so much. Cool, man. We'll talk to you soon. Stay in touch. I like it. All right. Take care, guys.